Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to Blitzcast number 110. We're back for another show, another week. We're recapping the AFC East and NFC East teams and how they did in the 2020 NFL draft but before we get to all of that let's start with Joe Flacco Ed Joe Flacco missed half of the season last year with the neck injury Uh, it was a pretty serious injury when he went down he was lost for the season but the Jets decided to bring him back and he is he's going to be the backup to our boy Sam Darnold yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think uh, I think this is a good situation for Flacco because he can be the veteran for Sam Darnold. I mean, this is a good situation for Sam Darnold, you know, where he can get he can get a veteran, you know, a guy who's won a Super Bowl MVP, and you know, just get that get that perspective. I mean, they're they're a little bit different quarterback types um, for sure, but uh, you know, he this is just an opportunity for for them to. To, to develop you know to develop Sam Darnold and give him all the resources he needs and obviously if Sam Darnold goes down then maybe you know Joe Flacco can you know come in and win a few games for them but I mean uh you know Joe Flacco's career has kind of taken a turn from the worst you know injuries have hurt him and um you know he he just hasn't been as productive in the last couple of years of his life so or of his career so um, you know, I, I, I liked I like Joe Flacco. I mean, even being a Steeler fan, I I've always respected Joe Flacco, and so um, you know, I'd like I'd like to see him be a, a good fit in in New York. Well, say what you want about Joe Flacco, but to be honest with you, he's a Super Bowl winner. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, so you got to respect that. This isn't a guy that's going to go to the Hall of Fame, but a first round quarterback that that turned out to be a good one for the Baltimore Ravens organization hasn't gone well for him ever since he moved on but injuries played a part in it yo this is a big year for the Jets Ed honestly I mean for Adam Gase for Sam Darnold coming into his third year the Jets are expected to do some bigger and better things especially with Tom Brady moving on the Patriots aren't a shoe in to win that AFC East division. What are your what's your outlook for the Jets this year as you as you look at what they did in the offseason? Joe Douglas, I mean, tried to do his part. He brought in some he signed some offensive linemen and free agency. Let's talk about the Jets. Are we finally gonna get that Sam Darnold that we expected when the Jets drafted him third overall, and you and I were were screaming, "Look, Sam Darnold is a great pick." Yeah, I mean, I I, I still like Sam Darnold, and I still think he can be a good NFL quarterback. I th- I think the Mekti Becton um, was a risky pick. I mean, I think there were safer picks that he could have gone they could have gone with, but uh, Becton could you know really be, come in and be you know that that left tackle who could really change that offensive line. And I think that's one of the problems that Darnold's had is he hasn't had that offensive line that he's need, you know, that he's needed to, to be a successful quarterback. I mean, it was, you know, it was that seeing ghost thing that happened last year where he just, you know, he wasn't getting any protection. He wasn't getting any help, but you know, they're going and getting him receivers. They're going and getting him offensive linemen. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, 
it's getting to be time to put up or shut up for Sam Darnold at the same time. And so, you know, if he, if he doesn't take a step forward, then yeah, maybe the Jets the Jets start to think, well, is Sam Darnold really the right guy? I mean, was this really the right pick? But um, yeah, I, I I have a feeling that you know the the a the AFC East is a little bit more wide open this year, and so I think I think this is a great opportunity for Sam Darnold to prove himself. Well, Sam Darnold is still a good quarterback, but we don't want what we have in in year three because we've seen some other quarterbacks take a step up. We saw Baker Mayfield flash as a rookie. Uh, we saw you know Josh Allen get better. We saw what Lamar Jackson did by winning the MVP. Sam Darnold is still the unknown, but I get the feeling, Ed, if Sam Darnold has a pretty good year, if he puts up good numbers and the Jets still underwhelm and go 6-10, and 7-9, and nine, they'll keep Sam Darnold for another year, but they'll can Adam Gates. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I, I, I think I and I think that's the right move with the Jets. I mean they're they're rebuilding their whole team and you know it's not just gonna take Sam Donald to turn things around in New York. That's that's the that's the truth of the matter. Well Le'Veon Bell has gotta be better. I mean with all due respect, he missed the entire year, then obviously he resurfaced with the Jets, but what the Jets did as far as free agency and by drafting Mikai Becton, the big mammoth left tackle from Louisville, he's a really good run blocker. The Jets have to establish the run. Le'Veon Bell has to be the bell cow at least this year in order for Sam Darnold to be more successful with those play action passes because Le'Veon Bell played poorly last year. That offensive line was was horrible. And this is what Joe Douglas did. Mikai Becton, the big left tackle out of Louisville with the 11th overall pick. Ed, you already mentioned that. It's it's something that they needed to address. And in the second round, they went with Denzel Mims, the, the wide receiver from Baylor. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'd like to see them, you know, build up their guards a little bit. And, you know, I mean, I think, I think if they built up their guards and then I think um, you know, then then you would see more success for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you know, one of the things that Le'Veon Bell had was in Pittsburgh was you know he had he was running behind Ramon Foster, who you know was a decent garden, but then he had David DeCastro, he had Marquise Pouncey in the middle. Um, you know, he he had some good run blocking offensive lines in Pittsburgh, and you know his game, he's he's a very patient runner, and so um, you know a good offensive line is a great thing for Le'Veon Bell. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I think that's the next step to building this team is, you know, getting some interior guys for this Jets team. Well, the Jets decided not to sign Robbie Anderson. He moved on. They brought in Brashad Perryman, uh, but Denzel Mims, the wide receiver from Baylor, was the pick at the end of the second round. He certainly fits the call, Ed. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got track speed. He's just got to become a more consistent wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some great things from Robbie Anderson last year. I mean, he can be a deep threat. He can be kind of electric. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think I think this is this is definitely a good option. And, um, you know, I, th- I think Denzel Mims, I think he could be, you know, a very good, uh, I, I mean, I would say like, you know, a number two. I don't know if he has the explosion to be like a number one, you know, a top 1A1 number one, but... Denzel Mims could be a very nice number two receiver in the league. 
So the Jets still need that number one receiver. Maybe they can address it in, in next year's draft. They certainly decided to pass on CeeDee Lamb and, and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. They decided to address the, the offensive tackle position. They drafted Mikai Becton instead of drafting those wide receivers high. In the third round, Ed, they went with Ashton Davis, the safety from Cal who was injured uh, during the postseason, and they went with an interesting pass rusher. He's going to play most likely as a 3-4 outside linebacker, and that's Jabari Zuniga, um, defensive end slash outside linebacker from Florida. Yeah, I, I liked what I saw from Zuniga at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, he, he, he really kind of stood out to me as a guy, you know, with heavy hands, and uh, I thought he looked good in drills. Um yeah, I, I think I, I mean the the Jets also need to build up their defense as well. But I think I think once they build up their offense, you know, they can get Sam Darnold going as early as they can in his career. But yeah, I mean, I mean, if he, you know, that pass rush is, you know, paramount to you know being effective on defense. And they certainly need to get more pressure up front because we know that Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, loves to manufacture pressure, and he does it with less star power than I've seen some other defensive coordinators out there. And Zuniga, I mean, maybe he can help. In the fourth round, three picks, Ed. Who intrigues you in the fourth round? Well, I, I like I like James Morgan. Um, I, I think, you know, now with Joe Flacco joining them, I think he's, he kind of comes down and becomes their number three, and they carry three quarterbacks. Um, LaMichael Pirine from uh, Florida I mean that that's that's a that's a definite possibility as a uh, as you know maybe like more of a smaller back change of pace back um, you know just another dimension to their offense. Um, if if I to answer your question, I would say I would say I like James Morgan the most. I'm a big fan of Cameron Clark. To be honest with you, he played left tackle at Charlotte, three year starter, two time team captain. Uh, he's a very good run blocker. He's got a huge wingspan and, and long arms. I see him as an offensive guard at the next level. I think he's going to really outplay his, his draft position. I re- that might be my favorite pick for the Jets in, t- in the entire draft. And that's how high I am on, uh, on Cameron Clark. But I know a lot of people like Bryce Hall, Ed. I mean, if we're talking about a, a corner that's playing off, that... Play, fits that zone style scheme because we never saw Bryce Hall play as a press corner uh, in Virginia. That's just not the scheme that they ran. But if we're talking about off-man zone coverage, I mean, Bryce Hall is a very instinctive corner. If it wasn't for that injury, Ed, I'm sure he would have gone on day two. And he was picked in the fifth round by the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching t- tape on Bryce Hall, and I said, you know, if you can just put him in a zone system, I mean, he is he is a top-notch corner. Um, the only problem is is that he's not a man cover corner, but I mean, he can he you know he can help you, and he can help you in other ways too in the in the zone system. You know, he's got he's got good instincts. He's he's you know he can help you stop the run. Um, you know, he's he's physical. Um, so I I, th- I think I think this is actually a nice pick, especially especially for the fifth round. Uh, I, I I I definitely support this pick. Braden Mann was the pick in the sixth round. He's a punter from Texas A and M. I usually don't get excited about punters, but I love Mann. I mean, he's just he was at the Senior Bowl. He's got a huge leg. 
I mean, it's like unlike anything that I've ever seen. This guy is going to become one of the top-notch punters in the NFL, and it's just I'm excited about it. Again, I, I never get excited about punters, but I just I see the leg that that man possesses. When you look at the entire Jets draft, uh, what do you give it? What's your grade? I I give him a C. Um, I th- I think they I think they made some steps. Uh, I don't know if they I don't know if they 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 totally uh, they totally you know changed their team around. I mean I don't know if they they made themselves a contender in in the AFC East. Uh, I, I I really I think this is kind of the Bills division right now. But I I, I do I do think they took I do think they took took a step forward. Um, you know and, and but there's just there's just a lot of there's just a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, Becton could be great could be a great left tackle but you know i could i could see him phase, phasing out um you know denzel mims yeah a lot of potential but i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like he was wildly productive at baylor so um yeah i don't i don't i don't think this is this is you know this team is is completely set all right let's move on to the new england patriots uh team that lost their goat they lost tom brady um, he obviously moved on to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now they're breaking in a new quarterback and Jared Stidham. They didn't have a first round pick, but Bill Belichick used two of his second round picks on defensive players, which I guess isn't a surprise. So in the first pick in the second round, he went with Kyle Duggar, the big, athletic, speedy safety out of Lenore Ryan. And the second pick, he went with Josh Uche, the edge rusher from Michigan. Yeah, I I I I think the Kyle Duggar pick uh, it intrigues me. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was really what I would go with that early in the draft. I, I probably would have waited a little bit with him, uh, just being a small school guy. But I mean, he's a guy with very good tape. Uh, Uche. Uche, I, Uche is one of those pass rushers that I kind of like. Uh, you know, I, I, I like this pick a lot. Um, I think this might be one of their better picks this year. Well, Uche is a versatile defensive lineman slash linebacker. I just think that Bill Belichick is going to be able to use him in the right way. He's a versatile defender that you can just use all over the field. He's a pass rusher. And I just think if anybody can unlock that athleticism and that speed... Uh, he didn't have great production at Michigan. I think he was, I just thought he was a bit un- underutilized, I would say, with the Wolverines. I think the Patriots, if anybody, is going to be able to unlock that potential. In the third round, it seems like the Patriots didn't know which tight end they, they wanted to draft, <laughs> so they decided to go with two. And before they used those picks on the tight ends, they had three third round picks Anthony Jennings. Isn't a surprise. Bill Belichick loves to draft his buddies, um, and I'm talking about Nick Saban. He loves to go with Alabama players. So Anthony Jennings was the first pick in the third round. Then Devin Asiasi, the tight end from UCLA, and then Dalton Keene, a tight end from Virginia Tech. A very interesting guy, kind of more of an H-back. He's got that speed and athleticism. So they went to the well two times in order to replace Rob Gronkowski. I, I I don't I don't I think it's not so much I understand they like tight ends. 
uh, you know, that's that's kind of the Patriot way. You know, they like to get a good tight end, especially, you know, in the Gronkowski days. I don't see... I know you're you're more lukewarm on uh, Devin SCSC, but I, I'm I'm not as I'm not as warm on him and Dalton Keene. I, I I didn't quite understand this pick. You know, especially you know being being uh, you know a third a late third round pick. I I just I thought that was a little bit too early to take him. I think this screams potential. There was one game that I saw last year. I was scouting Dalton Keene. This guy scored three touchdowns. I'm not saying that he scored three touchdowns in every game, but when he was featured out there at Virginia Tech, this guy can stretch the seam. I mean, he's more of a receiving tight end. Devin Asiasi can help as a blocker as well. So I think this is about potential. Both guys were were juniors coming out, and I think that you know, there's still the sky is the limit for both of these guys out there, and it's not a bad place to go. Again, out of those day three picks, you're, you're looking at the picks that the Patriots made, and they made five of them. And who is who's the one guy that really stands out that you like? You know, I kind of like this Justin Heron kid. Uh, I interviewed him at the Senior Bowl, and I thought he was just you know a smart kid, well mannered kid, and. Uh, he just he just kind of fits that Patriot way, you know. They, they like intelligent players. They like players who are willing to work hard, and you know sometimes players who you know you know emphasize you know hard work over you know their their own their own uh, you know personal success and um, you know just kind of team players. And I just I, you know I I've seen I've seen the Patriots take some kind of lower lower end offensive linemen and make them good offensive linemen. So. I think a guy like Justin Heron, I think he can still play tackle, but I think you know he he'll be used as a guard and he can be that kind of flexible um, offensive lineman depth for them. And so I, I like Justin Heron pick from uh, Wake Forest. What did you think of the overall Patriots draft? What's your grade? Um, you know, I gave them a C because I did it based on what I think. Um, it was a very it, it was another very Patriots draft, you know, so it's like they, they they don't always get like the big name players, but they always seem to get the guys who fit their system. Um, you know, the guys they want and the you know, the kind of sneaky picks and stuff like that. So um I gave them a C because I, I just I just I, I just honestly think if, if, if the Patriots drafted well, I mean they would just be they they would just never lose. I mean they would just you know, and but 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 I mean they really they really get a lot of system players, and so I give them a C because it's just it's just you know it, it that's that's what I think of that's what I think of the picks they make if I was you know valuing any other team. Are you surprised that the Patriots didn't draft a quarterback somewhere at least on day three? I mean they had ten picks. I'm actually surprised they didn't draft a signal caller. I the the fact that I I mean I was actually on the phone with my stepbrother and I was talking about how I I just don't under, my stepbrother is a Patriots fan and I was I was telling him like I don't understand why they didn't take Jake Fromm I mean that would have been that would have been the ultimate perfect successor to Tom Brady I mean it's just you know especially late round guy you know guy who guy who was you know successful in college but. Um, you know, and, and more of a more of a you know you know Jake Fromm. You know, you kind of have to put him in a system. But you know, Belichick could really, you know, Belichick likes those you know small, speedy, uh, 
you know, receivers and running backs. And I, I just I just think Jake Fromm would have been a perfect fit in New England, and I think he would have been the type of player that Bill Belichick would have loved. So I'm completely floored that Jake Fromm is not a New England Patriot right now. I think everybody's surprised that the Patriots decided to stand pat. He didn't address the quarterback position, whether it was in the draft or during free agency, except for Brian Hoyer, who is familiar with with the Patriot way. Let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins had 11 overall picks, and they needed to find a quarterback. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick for another year. Josh Rosen, it seems like he's not the guy of the future, just based on what we've seen, especially last year, because he lost his job to to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So in the beginning of the season, Ed, the beginning of the NFL season, we heard that the Dolphins were tanking for Tua. And then all of a sudden, the narrative changed once Tua went down with an injury, and then we started hearing that the Dolphins are going to go in a different direction that they were going to go with Jordan Love or Justin Herbert. Well, you know what? In the end, with the fifth overall pick, the Miami Dolphins did get their man. They still decided to draft Tua Tungvaluwa from Alabama. Yeah, and I think this is a lesson for teams. You know, I don't I don't like the idea of teams tanking. Uh, at the end of the season, you know, when they when they get out of playoff contention, you know, tank for a player. I mean, I th- I think it's it's still a football game. You still go out there and play your best game. It still counts in your overall, you know, career records and stuff like that. So I I don't I don't I don't like the idea. I mean, yeah, that yeah, you know, yeah, maybe if you have a guy who's injured and you know you might rest him, whereas you might have played him in a more important game. But other than that, I mean, I. I, 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 I like the fact that the Dolphins picked it up when they could and they showed some things and then and then they went and got their guy. They you know, Tua Tua has a lot of potential and I mean he could he could be the guy who, you know, starts to change the culture around Miami and uh you know, I, I, I think I think uh you know, a guy like Fitzpatrick, I like him, but I don't. I just don't know if he's a franchise guy. I mean, just definitely a stopgap, definitely a great stopgap, but uh, you know, just not the franchise guy. So I, I'm, I'm in full support of the Tua pick at number five, and um, you know, I, I also respect the fact that they didn't trade up. I thought they would have traded up to like three to take t- Tua Tung Viola, but um, you know, maybe that's why they were able to get him at five. Um, I know you're a big fan of what they did with their other first two picks, right? I mean, the Dolphins had three first-round picks. They picked two in the, with the fifth overall pick, and I know that you liked what they did in the first round in general. Yeah, I mean, with 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 Austin Jackson, I, I really like Austin Jackson. You know, I, I feel like I hear the knock on him is that, you know, he's very raw. He could flame out. This is not Eric Flowers. This guy had much better tape than Eric Flowers. So I, I actually think this is a great pick by them. He can slide in and be their left tackle. So I fully support the Austin Jackson pick. And, uh, you know, this this kid Noah, it's Igbino Haney or something like that. And, um... You know, when I watched the tape on him, I, he was one of my underrated guys. I thought he actually had very good tape as a slot guy. And I was surprised he was picked in the first round because no one else was talking about him as a first rounder. But you know what? I, I really like the tape and I really support the pick. I mean, I think I think you can never you can never have too many good corners, you know? Agreed. In the second round, I actually saw a couple of people criticizing uh, the first second round pick by the Dolphins, Robert Hunt. But you know what? 
when you watch his film, this guy's got so much potential. He was a right tackle at Louisiana. I see him kicking to, to guard at the next level. But I think the Dolphins actually found a gem here and a starting offensive lineman for the next 8 to 10 years. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, I like I liked Robert Hunt's tape too. I mean, you know, there was a couple guys from that Louisiana team, Lafayette team, that uh, you know really stood out on that offensive line. There was the guy the Steelers took. Uh, yeah, I I I think Robert Hunt was better than him. So uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Robert Hunt. You know, I think this being another good pick. I I, I just I, I mean I'm I'm gonna give you a preview and tell you I I really like the Dolphins draft. I thought with the amount of picks they had, I thought they made good picks. So Robert Hunt has a support, but you know, kind of the next one I, I want to talk about too is the Raekwon Davis pick. I mean, you know, I've seen I've seen Raekwon Davis at parts of his college career be a real stud, and I know he wasn't as consistent his whole career, but when 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 he was on, he was a very good defensive end. So I I actually really support this pick. In the I know you're round. a big fan of the Dolphins. I mean, when we did the show with the winners and losers. You put the Dolphins in that category. In the third round, they went with Brandon Jones, the the safety out of Texas. He's a very good tackler and very active in run support. Um, On day three, Solomon Kinley, the offensive guard from Georgia, who I had as the number one guard for for a little while out there. Jason Strobridge, who kind of came out of nowhere at the Senior Bowl. This guy has the versatility to play different positions. He's... Uh, edge rusher defensive end out of North Carolina in the fifth round then your boy Curtis Weaver out of Boise State I mean the Miami Dolphins weren't afraid to to snatch him up here when he fell all the way to the fifth round yeah I mean you know just the two systems that Boise State played I thought I thought Curtis Weaver executed both of those systems and maybe if they had stayed with the same system and kept him as sort of you know that that uh you know 4-3 4-3 defensive end pass rusher then maybe he would have got it drafted higher but yeah I, I I don't understand why he fell to the fifth round maybe he didn't interview very well but um this is this is a nice pick especially in the fifth round and um you know you could you could you could use him in multiple systems and um you know he kind of showed it all at different times in his so career. So the Patriots and the Jets got a C I would assume the Dolphins are a lot higher I'm sure they get an awesome grade here. Yeah, I'm going to give him an A minus. Uh, there was a lot of picks I liked. Um, you know, it, especially I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a tough job for their GM to 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 you know to just consistently with that many picks make good pick over a good pick over a good pick. And you know, I don't love I don't love the Solomon Kinley pick. Uh, I wasn't as big of a fan of Brandon Jones as I think a lot of other people were, but. Um, yeah, I, I give this team an A minus. I thought that I thought they did a really good job, and I think they're 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 starting their way. And you know, I think I think the waves are the waves are changing in the AFC East. You know, this is this is not this is not just the Patriots division. I I think I think there's a lot of teams that uh, are going in the right direction outside of the Patriots. The only thing is, I mean, Tua has to work out for the Miami Dolphins in order for them to take that next step forward. The Buffalo Bills is the last team on our list, and they have to be the favorites heading into the NFL season because of what they did last year. They made it to the playoffs. They they kept their most of their team intact. They still have a good defense. 
They're hoping Josh Allen takes another step forward in year three, and that's imperative for the Bills to become a big-time contender. Don't forget, the Bills didn't have a first-round pick. They traded that first-round pick for Stephon Diggs uh, to the Minnesota Vikings, and they got their number one wide receiver. So we can't discount that. Stephon Diggs is in this draft because basically they decided that Diggs was better than what they could have gotten out of the wide receivers in those 20s, whether it was Jalen Rager or Justin Jefferson. That's an excellent trade for the Buffalo Bills. With the second round pick, they went with A.J. Epinesa, the defensive end from Iowa. Yeah, I, I, I actually like this pick. Well, I have to say I like this pick a lot. You know, sort of kind of when I saw his junior tape and then kind of when I saw his senior tape, I wasn't as excited about him. And that's probably why he was a second round guy. Um, but you know, with his junior tape, I mean, he, he was looking like a first rounder, uh, Zach Moss. Um, you know, I've heard some people like him. I, I wasn't as, I wasn't as high on him as everyone else. Gabriel Davis wasn't my guy. Um, you know, I know you liked him a lot better. Um, Jake from Jake from, I mean, this is just an interesting landing spot. I mean, you go with, you go with basically like the most, you know, you know, the biggest arm quarterback who can run and, you know, just open up the offense. And then, and then you go out with, uh, then you get Jake Fromm, who's about as conservative as they are. And so, um, I, it just, the, the, the landing spot for Jake Fromm just really surprised me here. Um, you know, they took a kicker, um, and I mean, the pick I really liked the most was Dane Jackson, uh, the cornerback out of Pittsburgh. I, I think I don't think he deserved to fall to the. The pick round. I like on day three is Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, I I am a big fan of Gabe Davis out of UCF. He was chosen in the fourth round, but I think Hodgins is also a very underrated pick, a possession receiver that has excellent hands and a huge catching frame, uh, catching radius. I just I was a big fan of Hodgins as well, a very underrated receiver in the sixth round. So where do you see the Bills fitting in here, Ned? When you look at their entire draft, what's what's your overall grade? Um, you know, I gave them a C. Um, I'm I'm just I, I I didn't I didn't love any of their picks. Um, I I didn't I didn't love any. You know, I I, I just. Other than the seventh round pick, but I mean, you know, that's the seventh round pick. But other than that, I was just, I, I just wasn't really that impressed with their draft. I like Jake Fromm, but um, I just don't like the landing spot. So well, at least um, you're consistent. Yeah, I at don't. least you're consistent. You gave all three teams in the AFC East a C grade. The only team that that got an A minus were the Miami Dolphins. So based on your grading system out there, I mean. The Miami Dolphins should win this division in two or three years. Yeah, I I, th- I think the Miami Dolphins are you know they they they're sort of doing what the the Cleveland Browns did was you know they 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 were you know a loser and then they accumulated a lot of picks they traded some guys away and um, now that now that now they're going to be I think they're going to be a more talented team. Um, but you know it's 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 going to be interesting to see if uh, Brian Flores can can you know coach that team and you know get get the most out of that talent. All right, let's close the book on the AFC East and let's move on to the NFC East division and let's start with the Dallas Cowboys, the America's team as as they like to call them. Well, to be honest with you, 
Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, and the Dallas Cowboys, I don't think they believe that they can get CeeDee Lamb with that 17th overall pick sitting there. Wide receiver was not a position of need for them because they signed Amari Cooper to a big deal. They've got Michael Gallup. CeeDee Lamb is the best pick, as far as I'm concerned, Ed, in the first round. The wide receiver from Oklahoma, uh, he's got he's a good route runner. He's got excellent hands. He's got terrific body control, and he excels after the catch. I just think this guy is going to be a fine for the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy likes to use those three wide receiver sets. I just think Lamb is going to be really dangerous out of this slot. Yeah, I, I think I think I mean he's he's going to be their like number three, uh, you know, wide. He's going to be their number three wide receiver, and he, I mean he's 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 already he's already starter quality. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think I think this is a great in pick the second round. They went with the Stephon Diggs brother Trayvon Diggs, the the cornerback out of Alabama. Some people saw him as a late first round pick. He fell here to to the second round and I'm sure the Cowboys were ecstatic to pick him up here. Yeah, I, I think I think Trayvon Diggs was a good pick, uh, you know, especially for a second rounder. I thought he could had good tape. He was a guy who can show he can cover and so I, I think I think I think this is you know, this is another good pick by the by the Cowboys. And actually I mean I just overall I just really like I just really like the, the, the draft of the In the third had. round the defensive tackle from Oklahoma Neville Gallimore, we saw him at the Senior Bowl. This guy flashes. I mean, he's got great quickness. He's got good power. He's played in in different roles on that defensive line at Oklahoma the past couple of years. If this guy puts it all together, this could be a steal in the third round as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Gallimore. Gallimore showed his junior year that he can. You know he can stop the run, and then his senior year, you know he was he, he really developed into a really nice pass rushing defensive lineman. So uh, yeah, I, I I like this pick, and you know I mean the, the the Cowboys like to like to like to build up their lines, and I respect that. I, I I really like the direction of where they where they're going. You know they've always emphasized offensive line, and now they're emphasizing defensive line. So yeah, this is this is another smart pick by the Who Cowboys. Who do you like on on day three for the Dallas Cowboys? You look, they have four picks on day three. Uh, who is your uh, favorite selection here? I like I like that kid Tyler Biadas, uh from Wisconsin. You know he was he was a pretty decorated offensive lineman. Uh, you know he he kind of he can kind of be that center guard type. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just thought maybe he was more of a day two guy and for him to fall to the fourth round, um, you know, shows that he, he got, they got a steal there. Um, you know, this is, this is a team that, that doesn't skimp on interior offensive linemen and, you know, he's going to continue. You're just singing your praises of the Dallas Cowboys draft. I mean, you, you really loved what they did. I'm sure Jerry Jones is, is smiling somewhere out there i'm sure he was happy with the draft and how it 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 turned out so what's your overall grade for the cowboys you know i just i just got i gave him an a i i just i just thought they had a really good draft i thought they had one of the best drafts of any team 
Uh, you know, it's, it started from the top, you know, with CD Lamb, you know, just getting just getting that guy. And, you know, I think that was just a statement, getting CD Lamb. I, I didn't get to say this earlier, but, I mean, this is basically saying, like, hey, Dak Prescott, you know, we've gotten you everything you could want. It's time to sign the contract. You know what I mean? Like, we, 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 we've, given, we've given you plenty of money. You know, maybe it's not exactly what you want, but we've gotten you the offense you want. I mean, what what better situation for Dak Prescott? I, I just say, sign the contract, Dak. Honestly, I mean, you look at the Cowboys team. If they're healthy, if they get Leighton Vander Esch back, I realize they lost Byron Jones, but they still have Jalen Smith out there leading the charge in that front seven. The Cowboys have to be the favorites right now in the NFC East because they're loaded. I mean, that offense is going to be scary. I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to screw it up out there. Dak, Zeke, I mean, you've got three wide receivers out there. You still have a very good offensive line. I just don't think anybody in the NFC East is going to be able to stop them, especially if you play the Giants two times a year and the Washington Redskins two times a year. I mean, they haven't arrived yet. So the Cowboys have to be the favorites here, Ed. I, I would I would say definitely. Um, I, well, I mean, you know the Eagles. The Eagles usually have pretty good teams too. Uh, you know they're going to get Carson Wentz back, and you know if 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 things fall apart, I mean you you got Jalen Hurts. Um, so I mean the Redskins are kind of a couple years away from being a good team again, and so are the Giants. So, um, and I, I still have my questions about Daniel Jones. I don't know if you know he he started off strong, but you know is is he really the guy? So. Yeah, I, I think the Cowboys are up there, but I mean, it, you know, a draft doesn't do it, and I, I think I think it's the Cowboys and Eagles battle again. All right, let's move on to the New York Giants, and Dave Gettleman needed to address his offensive line, and that seemed to be the theme, especially early on. And instead of taking that defensive stud, like maybe Isaiah Simmons, maybe Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn. He decided to go with the safe route, and usually it is the safe route. Usually offensive tackles that are taking early, they usually perform well. They, they turn out to be good players. He decided to go with Andrew Thomas, the left tackle out of Georgia. This is the kind of pick they need, you know. Get that, get that left tackle. Uh, you know, Nate Soldier's starting to get old, and uh, you know Andrew Thomas will probably, you know, do what he did at Georgia, which is start out as a right tackle, and then, um, you know, Nate Soldier. I'm, I'm sure he'll retire in a year or two, and or you know they'll move him on, they'll move on from him, and you know Andrew Thomas can become their left tackle, and so uh, I think they, I think they all, I think they've made some moves to really to really improve their offensive line. In the in second draft. round, they went with Xavier McKinney, the, the safety from Alabama. They needed to address their safety position. In the third round, Matt Pert, Ed, who projects as a guard, as a right tackle at the next level. This guy is a terrific run blocker, and you and I are, are big fans of his. And we gave, I mean, I'm sure we gave Dave Gettleman here an A-plus with this pick. Yeah, you, you know, I... I know you like him more as a guard. I like him more as a tackle. I think I've liked him more. I like him more as a right tackle. You like him more as a guard. Well, I'll say I like him more as a guard, but when I kind of like looked at the, you know, the 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 Giants offensive line, I really see 
him kind of becoming the future at right tackle. I mean, right now you have Andrew Thomas, who's probably going to be their right tackle. But you know, as soon as Nate Soldier gets canned, I mean, you you give it you you give Matt Matt Pert, you know, a chance to get used to playing NFL football, and uh, you know, you give it. I I think you give him the right tackle job in a year or I two. I look what the Giants and Gettleman did on day three. They had seven picks on day three. They decided to go with defense. That seemed to be the theme. They spent six picks on day three on the defensive side of the ball. Who are a couple of your uh, favorite picks out there for the New York Giants? You know, there's a few I like. I really like the Shane Lemieux pick. I mean, especially to get him in the fifth round. I mean, I think this is a guy who really could have been a day two guy. Um but there's other guys. I, I like Cam Brown. I think that's an interesting pick. I think Darnay Holmes was in a bad corner. Um, so I, I, I definitely support, um, you know, their, especially their middle round, middle day three picks. So, um, yeah, I mean, the seventh round picks didn't do much for me. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think there's a couple. But Shane Lemieux is my favorite. Again, offensive line. That seemed to be the theme for Dave Gettleman tried to fix that part and wanted to bring physicality to that offensive line. He needs to protect Daniel Jones, their franchise quarterback, who they drafted in 2019 with that first overall pick. They have to open up holes for Saquon Barkley because he's the guy that that drives that offense. And uh, that's, that's the reasoning behind it. Get more guys up front, keep those guys happy, and and keep them upright so that they don't get injured. What's your overall grade for the G-Man? You know, I give them a B. I thought I thought they added some nice pieces. I think I think they did some great things on the offensive line. Um, so you know, you can see their offensive line get better, and um, you know that you know they're helping they're helping Daniel Jones in that in that regard. You know, they can they can build up their offensive line, and then you know eventually. Uh, you know, start to build other areas of their team. You know, obviously, it's still going to be a rebuilding process for the for the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Ten total picks in the 2020 NFL Draft, and it seemed like they they knew that they had to get some weapons for Carson Wentz, and they decided to do that with the wide receivers. They drafted three wideouts in the draft, and. They went with uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, his father played and actually won the Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts. He was a big defensive lineman. Rager is a wide receiver from TCU who brings a lot of speed and uh, athleticism. And he, he's a big-time deep threat for Carson Wentz. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Rager is, I mean, he's one of the best athletes in this draft for sure. Um, and I think that's why he got picked where he got picked. I. I, I, I like the pick after him, Justin Jefferson, better. I think that was the pick I liked better. But uh Jalen Rager, you know, you know, there's a lot of upside there. Um you know, going with the number the the, the second round pick, Jalen Hurts, uh you know, some people are questioning this, but I, I think I think there's some good foresight by the Eagles on this pick. Um you know, you you notice that Carson Wentz has, you know, had injury issues and so I mean with with basically the you know, the Eagles have the Eagles are kind of famous for their uh, backup quarterbacks, you know, with uh, with Nick Foles. You know, you saw how Nick Foles, you know, took him to the Super Bowl even though they didn't have Carson Wentz. And I, I kind of see that's what, you know, Jalen Hurts can play the role of is, you know, he can be the number two. Um, you know, he can kind of change up the offense a little bit. And, uh, you know, he can he can win a few games for the Eagles if, 
if Carson Wentz goes down and if what Carson Wentz goes down for the season then it's not it's not over for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. In the third round they went with a local guy from Colorado, Davion Taylor, a linebacker. Obviously this guy brings a ton of athleticism, but he's got to learn how to play that linebacker position, Ed. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a big fan of Davion Taylor. I like the guy, but uh you know, I, I, you know, obviously, uh, you know, that's my college team, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I wasn't really that impressed with Davion Taylor's film. Day three, a lot of picks for the Philadelphia Eagles. They had seven. Uh, do you have a favorite one out of, out of those seven picks? Well, I just want, I, I kind of want to just mention two. Uh, so they ended up taking Jack Driscoll, who was Auburn's right tackle. And then they ended up taking Prince Tega Wanagu. Um, who was the uh, left tackle for Auburn, and I thought I thought both of those guys had good tape, and I thought they were very successful in the SEC. So, you know, taking those two guys, I mean, maybe the maybe those guys, you know, kind of kind of are backups to to start out, but I think I think they could they could come in and you know eventually be be uh, be effective effective tackles in the league. So, um, always building that position. All right, up. so um, I'm excited to hear what what is your grade for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. I gave them a B. Um I didn't love all their picks, but um the, the there there was definitely some nice picks made, so um I I I don't know. I don't know if uh you know, this team this team kind of already has a lot of talent. Um but uh and they're, you know, I mean this is probably the weakest division, so um you know, they got some pieces to help help keep them going. I just you know, it it just doesn't stand out to me. That's well, he all. still gave it a B. It's it's still a good grade. I mean, I I always accepted a B in high school and and in college. It was a good grade, nothing <laughs> to be ashamed of. So I'm sure Howie Roseman and and the Philadelphia Eagles front office they they would take that B and um, and they would be happy with it. The Washington Redskins, the last team on our agenda before we go, and obviously I don't think. A lot of people kicked around the idea that maybe the Washington Redskins would, you know, pull an Arizona Cardinal type of thing. They will trade their current starter and bring in another one. But that was just, that was a smokescreen. They weren't, they were going to draft Chase Young in January, as far as I'm concerned. Then Chase Young, a defensive end from Ohio State, arguably the best player in this entire draft, uh, goes to the Washington Redskins and and Jack Del Rio gets his, you know, a favorite toy to work with. I, I, I mean, I, th- I think the Chase Young pick was the most natural. I mean, the only reason that he went two was because he was the defensive player, and you know, Joe Burrow played the quarterback position. But uh, Chase Young is about as good a pass rusher as there is. is the in the Washington draft. Redskins didn't have a second round pick, uh, but they spend a third round selection on. Kind of a gadget player, Antonio Gibson. We saw him at the Senior Bowl. He's kind of a, a running back slash wide receiver slash return specialist with with great speed. I'm I'm curious to see how the Washington Redskins are going to use him. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if it's it's going to take so much creativity as just 
Um, I, I, I don't think I don't think this is like a pick that's just gonna totally change their team, really. But I mean, he could he could make some nice plays for. Their I think offense. this guy could be a big time playmaker in the return game and special teams. They're kind of the forgotten part of it, but teams that have a really good returner can change field position. Those teams usually have a lot of success in, in winning football games because special teams are an integral part of the game that uh, an average fan just doesn't pay attention to. On day three, Ed, uh, give me a couple of picks that, that kind of rock your boat. You know, I, I like the Antonio Gandy Golden pick. I mean, I think he could have been a day two guy if you know. I would have accepted that. Um, I, I mean, he was just he played well at the Senior Bowl. He came from a small school. Um, you know, he's got the height. He's got the size. Um, you know, he's got he's got good enough speed. Uh, so I, I think I think Antonio Gandy Golden's going to be a good receiver in the league, and I think he's going to start for the Washington Redskins. AGG, I, I love it. You've kind of this player has grown on you, Ed. I liked him when we previewed him in September or October. You were a little bit skeptical of him, but this player has grown on you as one draft process has has developed, has progressed. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a good offense, and I, I mean, I think he had a good off season. I think he post-season. was. Uh, I, I think he. Postseason, yeah, he had a good postseason draft season. I think I think the different events. I think he he performed at, um, you know, being a small school guy probably was one of the big reasons why he you know fell to the fourth. All round. right, the Washington Redskins, the the final grade. Let, let's hear it. Washington Redskins uh, final grade. I gave them a B minus. Uh, you know, um, there were some picks I I wasn't as is excited about. I mean, obviously give him credit for taking chase young, but, um, you know, I, I don't love the Sodic Charles pick and, um, you know, some of their, some of their seventh round picks weren't, weren't too exciting for me, but, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't think they had a terrible draft. I think they had an okay well, draft. Well, you heard it here first. Ed was a big fan of the Miami dolphins. Uh, they got an a minus, uh, definitely ran away. Uh, in terms of that division, in terms of draft selections in the 2020 NFL draft. And in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys were the the runaway train, uh, the lead car. Uh, they got an A, which was, you know, which which is high praise from from Ed Hunt. Thank you for listening to another Blitzcast episode. Take care.